This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. How oh, yeah. how how did you stack it? Um... Uh, well, the place I bought last year, like yeah. it, fall into bits, and one of the things is the one of the doors been hollowed out. So I just like clipped the door, and obviously because it's hollowed, like the whole door just went with me, and I went flying across the <laughs> wooden flooring. Yeah. Uh, oh. I'm not sure. No, no. I'm not sure how I picture a hollowed out door. Um, well. It, it used to be rented out by some stoners that were growing weed in the, right. in the roofs. Oh, I so see. Some, I'd imagine they needed some firewood for something and they decided to chop out the middle of the door. As in completely um, the whole way through or just one side? It, like, um, like there's nothing in between the two panels that right. are just... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, sure, it's nothing in comparison to... What you've been going through, Nick? <laughs> no, I've, I've just been watching the highlights of Match of the Day, and and the the thing that got me most about the whole thing was the um, the steward sagely nod- nodding after uh, Ezra's goal, and <laughs> thinking, one have either of you ever stewarded anything? Could you steward mm. Crystal Palace? Because my thinking was, there's no way he could steward watching Palace because then mm-hmm. he'd be too invested in the game to do your job properly. So I just knew that everybody hates Leeds and that's why he was nodding what do you reckon <laughs> I reckon it is a bit of that I, I don't think I mean I couldn't do it in line with what you're supposed to do which is watch the crowd and not the game of course not and I'd be piling in there and celebrating with everybody so yeah I definitely couldn't um, I, I know people that have done it because they've been too skint for a season ticket so yeah. I mean it's, it's it's a good way to go I, I thought he was nodding because of Eze's love of the Lord, to be honest. Like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, what, did you, what did you think of um, Eze's beard, beard situation? Oh, it's horrific. Absolutely horrific. So, so the moustache. Yeah. I, I, I only saw it, like, close up afterwards. But I, I thought he'd initially had, like, he'd had, like, a punch or he'd, like, been hit in the mouth and it was, like, his, his, his swollen up. Um, and it was only when I sort of paused on the TV and I was like, no, that's, that's a bleach blonde moustache. Yeah, from all, from all angles apart from one, it looked like a serious skin condition. Um, yeah. So that was quite, that was quite distressing. Um, but good goal, though, eh? But, um... This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm joined today by Mike Scott and Nick Gillard. Hello. I mean, you went... Hey. Yeah, hi. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I'm really happy you guys chose to speak there because I couldn't remember if I'm supposed to pause and then say something else or uh, or whatever and, you know, or direct a question to one of you so you don't speak at the same time. But it seemed to work quite well, so best not to draw attention to it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, we're here to obviously look back at well, mainly at Palace's two-one victory at Sellers Park against Leeds, which happened yesterday at the day of recording. Um, be 
shorter show this time and uh, and a bit more kind of haphazard because for a variety of reasons we couldn't record the show directly after the game um and we're we're having to find time in sort of lunch breaks and stuff like that throughout the course of our our day so limited on time but there's there's plenty to talk about be uh slightly free form and um but i think mainly it's a case of finding out first of all what's uh how, how the guys are feeling what's what's big in their lives just so we can kind of warm ourselves up before we get going fully um mike i'm obviously you know we've just been talking about you falling over and living in a house where the door was hollowed out but um I mean, that was that was that was good information but what else is going on in your life right now yeah i mean 10 minutes in now i, I can feel my knee again so that's good um <laughs> I I was in uh, Las Vegas. We, yeah. me and my brothers took my old man for his um, for a big birthday. Um, so I watched the Chelsea game at seven a.m. in a casino um, betting shop. So that was that was good. Well, it was good until the ninetieth minute. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I'm absolutely skint for the rest of the month. Um, turns out gambling is a bad habit. Don't yeah. do it. People. Yeah, definitely Isn't, don't do it. Um, I... Most of a casino. Isn't most of a casino a kind of betting shop? No, well, they've got a specific sports area um, that you go and sit in and um, an bet on the baseball. Oh, well, can I just, just, you know, bet on baseball, NFL? Can I just say, uh, Mike, well done for responding to Nick with a serious answer to what was an obvious <laughs> attempt at humour. Um, yeah, but conceptually, you're right, Nick, I have to say. Um, but look, it's... Um, yeah, Vegas. Uh, I don't think I've ever recovered from from my mate's wedding in Vegas in 2018. Um, because you, you know you're quite right. It's uh, w- w- you know well, what there's not that much else to do, if, particularly if you don't like shows or you haven't got time. It's you know well free, on, on free that, got to got to see Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. So we were going to go and see Penn and Taylor, yeah, but they've cancelled the entire of October. So randomly, just went to go and see some Pink Floyd, um, which was. Which is quite interesting. Um, one can of Budweiser was seventeen dollars at the uh, at, at the gig. So there you go. Other than, I bought two rounds. Other than two rounds of four drinks. Interjecting with what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Penn and Teller must be fucking good if they cancelled October. I mean, I know them them magicians and such like, but cancelling a whole month—that's brilliant. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah the. Uh, the, the jokes are strong today, Nick. Keep it, keep it coming. It's it's going really well. Yeah, when we when we find out one of them's had a heart attack or something as well. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, no, like, um, yeah, there was wasn't there something troubling? What Roger Waters said recently. Anyway, let's not dwell too much on that. I'm, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure musically it was a, it was a nice experience for you. Uh, uh, he was surprisingly left wing, actually. Surprisingly left wing. Yeah. Okay, that's good news. Um, so, um, any any anecdotes to top that, Nick? No, I just keep thinking of Mikey playing "Hey Teacher, Leave Them Kids Alone" every time I used to come on, kind of in the middle of a show. <laughs> every time Back in the old before days, I'd yeah. speak, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that made me laugh. Um, but yeah, that all right, good stuff. Good. Well, look, let's um, let's crack on with the show because so um, a little bit of news this week. No game uh, for the, for the Palace women, but um, under twenty ones have obviously been going superbly in the league, uh, Premier League two, Division one have been top and and second for the last couple of weeks. But um, we're just on the wrong end of a seven goal thriller, losing to Everton four uh, three. Everton went two nil up uh, before Finn Mooney um, pulled a goal back. Then it was uh, Everton who ended up. Um, scoring twice more before um, Killian Phillips and Victor Akamale got goals, but it just wasn't quite enough uh, to get anything out of the game. But you know, again, losing by the odd goal in seven is still not a terrible result. And obviously, the likes of um, John Kimani Gordon have been with the, um, the 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 first team recently, so probably argue that the first choice striker wasn't playing either but um but still you know decent decent enough performance um but not the not the result that the team wanted the 18s however um really good result from them it was uh, as a late goal uh from Asher uh Agbinone who um who who scored the second goal for Palace to beat uh, Sheffield United 2-1 um JJ Dixon getting the first scoring lots of goals and there was 
rumours in the papers of him being looked at by some some other clubs. I think it might have even been somebody like someone like Dortmund, wasn't it? If you saw the article, uh, I'm not sure exactly who, but um, you know, with how he's been going this season, you know, we, we seem to unearth another one quite often, as, as Patrick says, somebody's going to score a bunch at 18 level. Um, but he's looking very, very impressive right now. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing all we can to secure him to a longer term contract if this form continues. But you dare say stories like that come up when, when players are looking to get those slightly more long term and more rewarding contracts at youth level. But great result. I think that's technically in all competitions, six, I think six wins in a row, six straight wins. So, you know, every year our 18s get a new influx of players and, and still seem to be producing the same standard, which is which is fantastic to see. Uh, but that's all the news we'll, we'll get into this week. It's time for us to get on with the match report itself. So, uh, yeah, Palace 2 leads 1. Uh, I think, gents, to summarise the game, it, it wasn't the best performance from Palace overall. Uh, and it was a pretty poor first half in general. Um, and look, we could talk about the reasons for that, but, you know, Leeds very much on top for the opening 20 minutes or so. Um, you know, good set piece goal from Palace to get back into it and, and just started to sort of ebb away at that that enthusiasm and that energy that Leeds, Leeds had. And by the end of the first half, you know, Leeds looked far less threatening. And, and then we just went out and we were just, you know, comfortably the better side in the second half without really hitting the heights that we're capable of other than for the winning goal where we very much did hit those heights it was a wonderful free-flowing move and a great finish by Abiri Eza so um yeah uh you know I think we we want to talk about the lineup for sure and uh and a couple of things that that were obvious from from the off is that we went with Jeffrey Schlupp uh, left back, the position he was obviously originally signed to, uh, to be in, gents. So um, I'll start with you, Mike. When you saw uh, Mitchell on the bench, obviously he's had you know a little bit of form issues, a little bit of a you know a couple of knocks here and there this season already. So you know, what were your thoughts when you saw Jeff lining up at left back? It's interesting. I assumed that he was injured. I mean, obviously he's I don't, well, he isn't a hundred percent. I think we can safely say that. But the fact he came on proved that he he could have started. So I do wonder about the dynamic between him and Vieira. Um, and he seems to have absolute love and enthusiasm for Joel Ward in any position. Um, he's not the first manager. And yet not so much enthusiasm for Mitchell. So I feel like he isn't quite sure about either the left or the right flanks. Um it's it's an interesting one, and I think Schlupp did a fairly decent job, to be honest. I I know it looks like, um, you know, you can pin a lot of it on Schlupp, the fact that Leeds did so well, but I don't necessarily think it was the result of Schlupp directly, and he seemed to work pretty well with Mark Gay. So it's an interesting one, and it's it's it reflects the the comments that Vieira made before the game. You know, he said, uh, we've got Riedeveld as an option. We've got Takure as an option. So I think he's still tinkering around, trying to find out what his best back four are, albeit it's pretty obvious, the, the two centre-backs. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in some ways it it highlights the versatility. You rightly point out that he was talking about, but in, in other ways it does highlight some of the limitations that we have because you think about, I mean, look, go back to Mitchell. I think most Palace fans would say that that since Tariq played for England he he feels it feels like um like the level he was at has dropped slightly and and I don't I think that's a totally human reaction to some degree but I also think he's clearly been carrying something of a of a of a knock for quite some time um you know he's played an awful lot of games and he went from it was it was you know it was a meteoric rise really to for, to go from from you know, second choice left left back behind Van Arnold to first choice with no one really challenging him to making the Eng- the England squad. So we know what a talented player he is, um, and I think he's just getting to grips a little bit with what Vieira's asking him to do at times because it's a it's a different voice now, and it's you can see Vieira has a real you know desire to see the the fullbacks getting forward and supporting the team as, as is the one in the modern game and in particular when you start looking at us when we switch to the three at the back situation you know you need more from the likes of of Ward and Klein on the right and certainly from Mitchell on the left in terms of getting forward and I think 
you know, Mitchell's finding his feet there. But it is an area that, that we've talked about many, many times as needing to to upgrade in him. Obviously, we tried that on the right with Ferguson and it's just not worked out through injury. And you kind of still hold out hope something will work out there. But, um, but you know, the left needs some proper, proper competition there because I don't think Jeffrey Schlupp is going to be a, you know, a, a, a real challenge for, for Tyreek Mitchell. Are you saying Schlupp isn't the answer? <laughs> Unfortunately, on this occasion, yeah. But actually, it was nice to see him out on, on, on that flank. You know, I think most people who are, who are regular listeners to this show know that I'm actually a really big fan of his in the in the left forward role. I mean, he's not going to get that role for for Palace, and actually thought his performance level went up when he moved into the middle as well, which kind of reflects on on how how long that's been. But anyway, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I saw him close at hand in the first half because he was he was in our little corner, and to be fair to him, he did look out of position a couple of times. He hasn't played there for a long time. But every time he got the ball and tried to push up with it, there were three, even four players around him, or whoever got the ball close to the touchline. Leeds players were swarming them. Um, luckily, they ran out of energy um, because, you know, we, we, we struggled to deal with that press. Um, Schlupp wasn't too bad. My, my biggest worry, if we could talk about him now, is Ward because he had the poorest game for a very long time, apart from a few moments towards the end when it was backs backs to the wall defending in the last 10 minutes when, you know, nobody in the ground wanted us to let a goal in. Um, yeah. His passing really, really worried me. And, OK, we're talking about Klein over there, but he's he's no spring chicken either. So, no, how, that injury how could close is, um, time. Yeah, and how close is Ferguson to fitness? He's, he's quite close. So, it, yeah. it's, it's a quandary. And Patrick Vieira hasn't got a lot to work with, but... What we what I will say about it when Schlupp moved, he seemed to play a bit better, and Mitchell made a difference to our team once he was done. Yeah, well, I think it's a, there's a bit of clever management in there in taking Mitchell out and and you know giving other people a chance just because he hasn't had any genuine competition for a while, and I still don't. As I said, I still don't see it as genuine competition, but it's still it's a little sort of nod in his direction of saying yeah you know you made the England squad you got a couple of caps you did really well you're still playing at a decent level for Palace but you know you've got to get your head in the game it's week in week out of Palace improving every week doing the best that you possibly can do um, but you've made a couple of, of points that I definitely want to come back to there Nick I mean first of all you know, we'll, we'll talk about Palace, Palace and, and, and how teams press us and, and how we deal with that Um that's probably kind of like the, the main theme that I have from the game. But, you know, returning to Ward, which is a, a subject that I've, I've talked about an awful lot, um, I think it, it's completely fair um, to to highlight him. And when you said he he, he improved in the, in the second half, you're absolutely right. It shows you where he is strong. It's when he gets to, to be fairly static, to kind of tuck in from the right flank, uh, still playing right back, but tucking in alongside the central defence. Those last-ditch challenges, using the experience to position himself properly, you know, to stifle out attacks at that last at the last moment, and he was absolutely vital back there. And that's always been a strength of his, you know, to making fair, those challenges at the end. To be fair, high balls to him across the field when the sun's in his eyes don't do him any favours or or the team. But you know, they don't look. We know, look, we know his limitations, and but we also know that the the contribution he's made to the club is fantastic. And, and obviously, I was ranting last time last time about the fact that we allow our our nostalgia and our our sense of loyalty to players like Ward to kind of cloud how reliant we are on them, and how that that's actually something a club looking to progress should kind of move away from. But you know, at the same time it's always worth noting that the the flip side of the coin is that when you when you're looking for players to stand up and be counted at the end of games when you're trying to try to not concede after you've had this horrible consistency of conceding late goals which i think some we talked about last week and couldn't quite get the statistics but i saw in the week was it 10 out of um roughly 10 out of 40 games in under Vieira we've conceded a late goal something along those lines. So basically a quarter of all games, which is, you know, an ex- extremely concerning situation. But it does lead us nicely onto something that I'd, I'd like your views on, Jensen. And, and I'll, I'll start with you, Mike, since, since Nick and I were just chatting there. Um, 
when you think about why we concede late goals, I mean, there's a lot been said about this, this sort of substitutions that we make, the tactical shifts and all that kind of stuff that we do to kind of try and see a game out and it inviting pressure on us. That's kind of one argument, if you like. But one of the characteristics of, of conceding a late goal is it comes when teams are able to throw caution to the wind a little bit or, you know, the bigger teams bring on, you know, international class players with fresh legs to to have a real go at you. It's that the tempo goes up, the press is higher, um, and we seem to fall apart a little bit there. So, Mike, what do you think are the reasons for that at Palace, and, and what do you think we can actually do about it? Well, I'm going to defer to John Barnes, um, a player that I absolutely loved when I was a kid, and he'd pointed out something that I'd not considered at all, he talked about there being a load of disparate dribblers in the team. And he said, in the first half, we had Ayu trying to dribble, Elise trying to dribble, Eze trying to dribble, Wilf obviously doing his thing. Um, and they really wanted the ball, but that's not really going to work when you've got four players doing that. And he said, in the second half, They'd obviously had a chat and said, well, let's just leave it to one or two of you. Let's just leave it to Wilf and Ezra. And then um, the rest of you get back to the sort of Hodgson-style banks of four. And that could be one of the reasons that we've had this problem in the past. And the Leeds game was kind of opposite in that they started off doing what teams have done late in the games previously, and then they tailed off. So... Is it that we're allowing too much flair and then there's just not the cover? Um, you know, it looked a little bit stronger with Luca in front of the back four. Is it that we just need everyone to be a little bit less of a flair player, decides who's got their time to do it and uh, just, just do a bit of old-fashioned covering? I don't know if that's the answer, but it seems, uh, seemed a pretty good argument to me. I'd sacrifice Elise or Eze in starting lineup for Jimmy Mac. That's a bit strong. Oh, sorry, you mean replace him in the, the lineup? Yeah, okay. no, because, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm misinterpreted. Yeah. Well, you meant to. Uh, I think you know. Again, a, an offering to the gods would probably appease uh, things in the ancient days. It's probably just unwise now. Well, I think Eze gave the offering to the gods. After Actually, the goal, he did, after, he? and quite rightly so, because it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a, an otherworldly strike. Hey, hey Nick. Yeah, and incidentally. Um, listeners, sacrifice is Chris's favourite Elton John song, and it's no sacrifice. Oh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, twenty-three minutes twenty-eight. Mikey, please just take that out for our listeners' sake. Um, where were we? Are you midfield? Too many technical players. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Um, mm. But um. Got a point. Have I derailed I, I, you I, I, by, I, I, singing, uh, by singing Elton John? Is that what's happened? Completely So proud of myself. Me. You were talking about obviously responding to Mike's point, and and you know, and you, you talked about obviously taking Elise out, and, and I think no, that goes back to the to one of the discussions during the game we had on the on the back of the Nest WhatsApp group, which was, you know, are a team like Leeds, a high energy team, a high press team, the right team to be picking a midfield that means Dekure has to do everything in the middle um, as Elise and as they kind of buzz about uh, attacking. And the answer seemingly was no, because it put an awful lot of pressure on Dekure, who would, you know, when you look in social media, you look across message boards and things like that, was taking a bit of stick for his performance, which I thought was grossly unfair, if I'm being brutally honest. I understand if you look at it in isolation, it was a performance where he got caught on the ball a lot. Um, he was having to make recovery challenges all the time. But first of all, he does those very, very well. Uh, he's a very, very intelligent player. But, you know, he was being asked to do too much on his own because of picking that that midfield three. And I think, you know, Ayu and Elise kind of swapping positions at different times helped a little bit. And um, But, yeah, as Mike picked out, I think when Luca came on, um, and it was really nice to actually see Luca come on the pitch and make a real difference to the side because he's been much maligned for understandable reasons for a very long time. But, you know, his discipline in the middle there and the shifts to, to allow Schlupp to go in alongside him, all of a sudden a midfield with with two um, more defensive players um, really did help um, give us that kind of platform to play from. But I don't think it fully explains the the... The, the situation about how we we are so susceptible to a high press, I think that's that goes back to asking players 
to play a possession-based game out from the back um, where, where some of them have some have a limited range of passing and have a limited amount of confidence on the ball. Um, so that that's my view on that. So back to you, Nick. Yeah, you think about the Gagan press goal against Liverpool a few years ago. Yeah. That, that's what we want to see, isn't it? Um, playing the ball that quickly. But you've got to remember, we um, had our mate Joachim back mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't really giving the outfalls as we thought he would do. Did we have anybody quick enough on the wing that was that far out to do it? Or we, had we all sat so far back, which allowed the press? All you need is one player or two players to sit on the halfway line, and that takes four of them out at least, doesn't it? We weren't yeah, really it does. Yeah. You're inviting but, it on by, by having it there. But I think Vieira, you know, in his post-match comments, sort of recognised that and, and said it was at half-time that they kind of got in and amongst the team and, and changed things about and, and explained that, you know, we, we needed to be you know, stronger and, and also, you know, move better and provide better passing options for the team and just do it that little bit quicker. Um, you know, if we go back to to, to the Hodgson days and, and other managers as well, but, you know, in, in the past where I've always been a, one, one who's been frustrated if we start a game too calm, you know, where we've had somebody, you know, clearly the team talk's been, okay, let's be patient, let's build up from the Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The bat, let's do that. And that that's great against some teams, but a team you know is going to come flying out of the blocks. And they only know one way to play Leeds. They really do. You know, you've got to match that intensity at the start of the game. Or, you know, you know, on another day they, they score two or three in that opening period and it's it's a dead game for us. Did notice that Wilf um was sort of bossing Edward around, telling him to run up to the goalkeeper to pressure him. And those two together, adding, you know, two players worth of pressure on Leeds seemed to make a difference. Um, so the out ball was there. Um, and I think those two worked together really well at doing it. I, I slightly disagree. I think you know, Anderson had some some great long ball opportunities. Um, obviously, there is some stress when Ward gets the ball. And I think Guaita has gone slightly off the boil with his, with his passing. Yeah. But... While we've got Anderson there, those two together made a massive difference in the second half because they were running after everything, chasing shadows, and that really put Leeds on the back foot in a way that wasn't the case in the first 25 minutes. Yeah, that's a fantastic point, Mike. It was something I was going to talk about with Edouard because, you know, he's a subject that's come up a few times both on the podcasts and, and also over on the YouTube channel that the DR runs. I mean, we've got to actually take a quick diversion. DR on Match of the Day 2 this week. Did, did everybody see? Yeah, there's been a few photoshopped uh, pictures yeah, already, yeah, so I'm going to share those. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, I'm not sure we'll share all of the Photoshop pictures, um, as Terence is a dangerous man with, uh, with mm. Photoshop. But um, but it was very nice to see him there. They didn't put his name up or, or the show, which was a little disappointing. But, um, is, it, is it true that Terence is the reason we stopped doing live programmes? <laughs> You know full well that there was a uh, uh, back in the day there was a missing podcast as a result of Terence's um, complete disregard for slander and libel laws, um, and yeah, I think I still have that somewhere. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe if he annoys me one day, I'll release that. Um, but <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> anyway, let's um, look, go back. You're absolutely right, Mike. You know, we've. Glad you picked out um, the difference that Anderson made. Um, you know whether you, whether you thought he had an op- the opportunities to make those passes or not. I thought his his defending was as good as it's been for Palace, and that's something that since we brought him in, 
Um, he's always been, you can see, you know, he was that extra, uh, extra sort of different angle, if you like, from the defence, playing out of defence long if we're under pressure with that level of accuracy. Having that as an option was 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 a main reason to bring him in. Um, and he's, you know, his defensive play was always decent, but you know, you could see weaknesses in there of him getting caught under the ball and all that kind of stuff. But that time with, with, you know, playing alongside Mark Gay and playing in that, that the back four in a relatively consistent way, he's just become better and better. And um, I, he's I defensively to, superb yesterday. I do have to interject and bring the name of Damien Delaney into the conversation. <laughs> Because that not that what he used to do? And isn't that what Holloway had actually written on the whiteboard? And you can see it in the documentary. It's yeah. diagonal balls from Damo. Damo's diagonals. And yeah. we, we mocked it. And now, because we've got somebody who's a bit more accurate. Although yeah. I'd love to have Damo back in our defence. I saw Costa on the telly playing for Wolves the other day. And he was getting yeah. applauded around Chelsea. I thought, yeah, Damo had you in your pocket. You yeah, that's still you know? one of my favourite memories of watching Palace was just Diego Costa being humiliated by Damien Delaney. In but every that, possible that, you know, the, yeah. the tactics come back round. I don't know. Is it a pendulum or is it a wheel? I don't know. No, I just, I just think it's, as you said, it's the, the tactic is is a good one um but it's an upgrade of, of players and that's no disrespect to Damo because he was sensational for us but you know if when you're when you're looking someone to hit an area with a with a diagonal that's you know that's fine Damo could do that when you're looking for somebody to drop the ball in the path of someone who's making a run and, and can see that part that that whole picture ahead of them um almost before it's even happened that's that's Joachim Anderson um who's just you know again he those two as a partnership are fantastic and you know I wonder I wonder if anyone sort of tries to come and take either from us you know they're probably better off coming and trying to take both because they're um I think they just work amazingly together and again whoever spotted that whoever spotted that combination whether it was the um the the sporting director Mr Dougie Friedman who's recently signed a new contract um um you know, if if so, fantastic. If it's his network of scouts, and fantastic. If it's a combination of all those things, well, well done to everybody because, you know, that sense of back partnership is astonishing. But, you know, we need backup there. Vieira was talking about Richards is a centre-back who has versatility and can, can sort of drop in there. So hopefully when fit uh, and able to get some more game time, he um, he becomes sort of interchangeable to give us that bit of a backup but anyway, there's a, there's plenty of other things we could talk about around performances, but I think you know let's take an opportunity to talk about the goals, and I don't want to focus much on Leeds Leeds goal because it it came in a period where you know we were under an awful lot of pressure for the reasons we've already talked about, and you know giving the ball away far too much, and and one of them just cost us with you know Aronson, who's a very good player, um, just just walking through our team, um, unlucky not to score. But, you know, you then look defensively how we've allowed that to happen and then just nobody's switched on for the, for the, when the ball comes back off at the post. There's just big gaping holes in the defence, um, almost to the point where just so many people are, are ball watching um, that they're just not thinking about the players. And that really is, you know, amateur stuff. And we'll be very disappointed to have conceded that goal, I think. Um, the first thing about Aronson is I don't know how many people are massive Simpsons fans, but Aaron A. Aronson, the uh, the fake voter that um, Sideshow Bob had, that's all I yeah. could think of yeah, yeah. D- d- during the game. Um, he he did something that I, I I I feel like nobody's really done this season, and I you know there's no way Vieira's not going to address that. So I'm not too worried. Um, again, like like Nick said. They were absolutely. They decided to swamp one side, and it worked fairly effectively. But it did feel like Palace learnt their lesson fairly quickly, and I'm not sure we can just say that Leeds went off the boil. Mm. Um, I think the sort of one trick was was fairly soon negated, and it's like it, it's a shame that we conceded the goal. You know, especially in nutmeg walled and stuff. But like you said, we could have been two or three down. So um, I feel like they're going to learn from that, and it, it's not the end of the world. On the subject of being two or three down, it was good to see Bamford not in form, wasn't it? Because we, we all had that little worry at the back of our mind, but he, he wasn't all that, was he? I know he's coming back from injury. Took yeah, a bit of from the HF. Yeah, and rightly so. And look, and he got a, you know, he was 
he was awful for us and very, very, um, you know, arrogant and dismissive of the reasons for that. So um, I think he quite rightly will take stick forever, even if I think he had a, made some comments not too long ago about, you know, learning a lot and 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 kind of looking at that with new eyes and, and feeling a little bit different. But it's not really the point, you know. The, he was he was a joke for us, and we'll get derided for it forever. Um, but look, you know, he he had a big big chance, and it was actually a very good save from Guaita. And Guaita's one taking a bit of stick at the moment, and I can see. I can see why, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, you know, a little drop off in, in both confidence and, and form from Guaita, but still capable of the big saves. And that was a, that was a very big save at that moment because, you know, it's a, it's a very different, different game if we're trying to come back from two down there. So, um, I think we, you know, looking at our, our equalizer, we, we had started to get a more of a foothold in the game, starting to get that little bit closer and, and, in terms of when they had the ball and then also when we had the ball, which created a bit more space, better running. Um, and yeah, I suppose the aforementioned over dribbling was, um, was kind of starting to be addressed in the sense that we were putting some moves together. Um, you know, foul down on the right hand side, uh, on IU. Um, and I suppose it's a good opportunity to say, you know, to talk again about Jordan IU. Um, because he was one of the better players. Him, him and Anderson were probably the two best players on the Palace side, I think. But, you know, we did see once again that the limitations that, that Jordan Ayew has. He doesn't score enough goals, got one massive opportunity in the game, um, which, you know, again, he gave the defender too much of an opportunity to get back. It wasn't an instant strike, didn't cut back. He took a touch and then let the defender get back in. So it doesn't really flow for him. But right now he's, he is so important for us because he's he's doing the job kind of the, the missing part from not having the, the box-to-box midfielder that we had last year. Um, he's having to kind of, whether he's playing on the right flank or whether he's playing in midfield, he is doing that element of, of you know, back and forth, up and down the pitch or game. Um, so it's great that he has the engine to do that. So I, I think it's worth praising him uh, for his performance in this game whilst understanding there's still a limitation is there. Um, Nick, you want to jump in on that before I talk about Elisa? I actually, I actually think he's getting better and better. And uh, when DR presented the show a few weeks ago, we talked about IU in that number, I think it's number eight position, isn't it? Um, how well he is at carrying the ball forward and could be the one to win the free, free kicks in the positions that Eze can put them in from. And you know, mm. I, I think we've got a couple out there. And the fact he was so upset about coming off. So yeah. Upset, you know, yeah. The, bloke in front of us got a Ghana flag and he was waving it furiously and I didn't even look up at the fans. He was a bit gutted, but he'll be there. Next yeah. Time. Yeah, exactly. No, I think look, there's a, there's a case in point to say how, how well he's done and, and, you know, I, I understand that, but yeah, I'm never, I'm never one who's a fan of, of taking a player, particularly a player very late in his career and in, in converting him to, to something kind of lesser than, <laughs> less than he should be you know just because he, he can perform that role very very well but i think again if we're if we have the ambition that we have you know you, you go and you go and get a player who can play in that position you don't you know you don't shoehorn something else in there and play players out of position and I, I know it's a bit over it's a bit of an oversimplification and especially as over the years we've seen many people um, in their careers, change their game because of of age and and all that kind of stuff. And you know, we've seen it ourselves. We've seen players start one end of the pitch and, and end at the other. Um, you know that kind of stuff. So, so I think Chris Coleman's one of them when he um, played as a striker for a bit and became a very good central Danny defender. Butterfield had the odd game. Danny Danny Butterfield, of course, yeah, hat trick hero, yeah, uh, former right back. Not that has got Dan could score a few. Got I was Dan, just, yeah. no, you you talk about IU. There was almost yeah. a facsimile of the IU goal against West Ham, except this time by a Leeds player, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. That was just an unbelievable yeah. run. I don't know. Everybody was too afraid to touch him. Yeah, which again, that in itself is frustrating. You just want, and I suppose that that's one big thing that did change at half time as well. We we just we didn't let them bully us first half we did um and again you can talk about the reasons why but it's you know in, ter- in basic terms we, we we stood up to them a bit better in that second half but look the goal we scored um delivery from from michael elise and that's one of the things that it's a trade-off when you have a player of that talent um what you lose in terms of the kind of defensive side of the game with him playing in the center 
it's you just gain so much more um when you have somebody who could put a ball in like that and it was great to see Edward, um, who Mike rightly pointed out earlier, it works extremely well with with Wilfried Zaha, uh, and they really started to build an understanding. And, and Edward does seem to have, you know, the first choice striker shirt, and is and is starting to to we're starting to see some rewards for that, which is great. But uh, and, and the goal was very Mateta as well. I thought it was it was a Mateta goal scored by Edward. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably looking on from the bench a little bit, a little bit sad that it wasn't him that got it. So, um, uh, but yeah, it's nice seeing him come up the end and just try and you know whip up the enthusiasm in the crowd and all that kind of stuff. He really does get get what it is to be a Palace player, doesn't he? But on, on your so, point, Will, uh, on your point, um, Chris, is there been Will? anybody? I'm thinking of my son, Will. Uh, on, no. on that point, um, is there anybody that Will hasn't played well with? that he hasn't gelled with. He seems to be able to play with anybody, doesn't he, Wilf? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we've seen we've seen over the years of having to deal with playing with some people who are way off of his wavelength at times, I think, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I, I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to think of, uh, of kind of the worst examples of that. But, um, yeah, I just can't, for some reason, I can't stop thinking about the fact that he, when I first ever spoke to Wilf at an awards ceremony, he talked about how much he liked playing up alongside Alan Lee. But <laughs> I'm just thinking about, he, he was the first person that popped into my mind about, yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, but, but I think that's, you know, that's why we, what we see from Wilf these days. Oh, actually, on, on Wilf, Mike, can I ask you this question? I saw a lot of people talk about Wilf having a, a poor game and being anonymous in the first half and obviously coming back into things in the second. What did you make of that? I don't really understand how you can ever say that Wilf's having an anonymous game. Um, you, you know, he, he's heavily heavily defended and that that big meathead defender um for Leeds had had a really good game um I, I don't I don't really see it he, he was better in the second half but then who who wasn't really um yeah I, all I can say is I noticed he passed it more than dribbling forward but I think as we've discussed we had plenty of that already and he probably saw that there was no point in just keeping the ball at feet the whole time without creating anything so yeah I don't agree with that yeah, that's it. And the, the the you know the change in, in the second half, the system was different once the subs have all come on, all that kind of stuff. And as you say, it was it was you know it was much more of a four four two with Edward and Zaha up front than it was in the first half. And you know Schlupp moving into midfield and and, and getting that a bit more solidity there alongside Luca once Dakuro went off. That, that whole thing looked a little bit better. And again, Wolf was able to influence the game more from a more central position than he was in the first half. And um, yeah, I think we, we can certainly look at the game and say we could, we, we have played better, but I think, you know, we actually had some really good use of substitutions in this one. Um, you know, players coming off at the right moment. It was early for Dakura to come off, but it was absolutely the right choice in the right moment. Um, you know, and, and the, the same goes for, for IU, IU, although it was obviously head injury didn't help but the same bringing Mitchell on at that point and not just going like for like allowing the team to sort of shift around was was really good and then you know not doing anything crazy you know even though there were little moments where Leeds looked like they might get back into it um, we didn't do anything until sort of 85th and 86th minute and it was just like for like in some de- to some degree but Hughes giving us that little bit more solidity in place of Elise. And obviously, Mateta leading the line after Edward was was obviously a little bit tired and, and becoming a little ineffective at holding the ball up. So, really sensible decision making from Vieira as well. But we have to sort of perhaps draw this slightly to a close by talking about the goal from from Eza because you know it was a it was a fantastic move, wasn't it? Um, I think you know attacking down the the left side, the ball inside from Mitchell towards Zaha was excellent. Um, and again, this is a sign of what Mitchell can do when he's playing well. He's he's very good at spotting that forward pass. Um, he has that in his game. Uh, you know, he's not just an out and out defender. You know, despite the stats being very focused on his tackling ability and and you know his 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 one on ones, his you know his his forward play is excellent and he is confident on the ball and he is relied on when he's in that team picks out wilf and you know wilf by that point was was really enjoying the game i think 
and the sort of flair of the of the flick over to um to Ezra was great but there's still so much to do at that point but I don't know about you Nick did you feel it in any doubt that he was going to tuck that away he just seemed to pick the ball up and just know exactly what was needed it felt like Elise's goal against Millwall do you know what I mean the inevitability of it the, the way he shaped up he knew exactly what he was going to do with it and um yeah so assured as well so it's, yeah. it's always nice when the when the keeper doesn't even move because <laughs> you just you know you've done exactly the, the right thing the, it's the way yeah. he strikes the ball you know mm. you remember the goal he scored his first goal was it against Sheff- Sheffield United without a crowd there um, it might have been yeah and what was it Leeds I'm trying to remember he scored a free kick against Leeds didn't he anyway yeah. Um, yeah so um yeah um just just to go back to mirroring uh the IU thing um we had the IU and Benteke in the corner against that West Ham in that game. Yes. But this time we had um, Ezra and Zaha doing it, yeah. which was quite amusing. That was, yeah, that was amusing. And, and you know, and, and Mateta came over towards the end of that and also got involved. And yeah, it was nice to see um, a little bit of, uh, well, just, just a little bit of the, 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 the kind of gamesmanship, wasn't it? Um, you could you could almost see, see on right, the lead to, towards the end they've kind of given up by then as well. You know, we could, you can point at the progress. You know, what I mean, the awareness. You know, we've had enough of the this, players yeah. and the coaching staff really in, in in those positions because you had the last two to three minutes when Leeds were absolutely having to throw everything at the game, and instead of being able to do that, they couldn't really get the ball. Um, you know, they were just getting frustrated. They were having to make fouls. They were having to chase shadows and all that kind of stuff. And that's how you close out a game. It's not bringing everybody attacking off, putting everybody defensive on and just trying to block up space. Um, it's relying on the team to, to you know, to make the challenges that they made. You know, we talked about earlier with Anderson, with Ward, with Gay, with the midfield coming back and closing the space. And there were a couple of hairy moments, but but basically we saw the game out properly. Um, there was no major panic. It was it was the right way to do things. And it, it kind of just, the thought I had at the end of the game was, was we didn't play well, but we won. But, you know, a palace of this ability, in my view, not playing well should still be beating Leeds United. You know, we did what we should have done. Uh, this is the kind of level we should be at. If we don't play our best, we should still be getting results against uh, against a team like Leeds. And you can look at a fair proportion of this, the lower half of this league, and I think the same about that. Um, so I think the confidence would have been done a world of good by by getting this victory. Um, it was extremely important that we did it however we did it. So I'm not going to get too wound up about the performance level. We've had a really tough start to the season. We got disrupted with, you know, a couple of cancellations of games. We lost a bit of rhythm. Um, and, you know, we've had some some injury issues in the last few weeks. So it's been a real tough start to the season. And we, we picked up some points that maybe when I looked at the fixtures at the start of the season, I didn't think we would. So, you know, other than the, the draw against Brentford, which which I think was a real low point in that in that run of games i think everything else you can kind of understand how it went and be proud of some of the performances we put out and this was less of a performance to be proud of but definitely a result that we should have got and and, and needed yeah and just to wrap it up now we've got leicester away and i know that involves us getting in the car at a ridiculous time on saturday morning uh then wolves um and then i think it's southampton so you know realistically there's a possibility, I don't want to overstep, you know, get 12 points from these four games. Um, and that would that's what the kind of level I think people were hoping for at the start of the season. Yeah, well, I, I've already demanded we win the next seven. So we've won one of them so oh, okay. far. So we've got six more wins in a row to go. And then I'll be I'll be briefly satisfied with our performances. So um, Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Okay, um, right. I think there's no harm in, in ending things there. I have a bit of a shorter show this week, especially the way we're having to record. So apologies for not getting to any of your contact this week. I saw plenty of people do some forward reviews and all that kind of stuff. But Nick, I do think you picked one out that you said you wanted to mention. Um, I'm worried that I might have put you on the spot now and that you don't actually have it to hand. So I'm kind of trying to talk long enough for you to find it if you're listening. I am listening. Um, hang on, let's just luckily I have got the WhatsApp open. Somebody just tried to call the WhatsApp. WhatsApp. The WhatsApp. I've got so many fucking WhatsApps. 
It's like your personal diary. I have a physio appointment tomorrow. I, do, I have a physio appointment today. I know. It's like, yeah. it's like where you're PA. Don't forget your appointment, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, no, I can't find it. It's, <sighs> it's too much. There's too much stuff. This is meant, this has got actions written in brackets, you know. Yeah, I know. Actually, well, that, these that was... are all actions. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not put it in action? Uh, what that... I do want to know is, did Sam get home? Because she posted a picture of a train that said it's going to be leaving at half 11. She, she did get home. I think it took her about four and a half hours to get home. And then Wolves next week, because it's an 8.15 kickoff, anyone travelling back to the coast is not going to have fun. Yes, Dave Richardson at Dave CPFC. Yeah. His four-word review was, thank fuck for that. And Mark Kemba at Mark K, his four-word review was, what David Richardson said. <laughs> I like it. That's a lovely way to round off. So, uh, obviously, thank you very much uh, to to Nick and to Mike for for joining me today. Um, and thank you to Mikey in the future for editing this and putting it out as a podcast. Um, fingers crossed. Um, so, yeah, and everybody who got in touch again, thank you so much. Um, I read a fair few of the things and, and I'll continue to read them all, everything that we get in, but, um, yeah, appreciate the, the, the contact this week and apologies. We couldn't name anything more than we just did. Uh, the preview team will obviously be back in midweek to look ahead, uh, to, well, to next weekend and, um, yeah, the, the trip to Leicester. Um, so yeah, we, um... until then, what? Sorry, have we got about 5,000 games coming up in three weeks before the World Yeah, Cup we have, yeah. I've got no idea what the podcast schedule looks like for that. Schedule? Schedule? I don't know what I say. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, if, if anyone could email hi at backofthelist.com to remind me what I say. Attention. Uh, yeah. How I say that word. Yeah, attention. Up the palace. Yeah. Yeah, until next time, up the palace. No, no I don't say up the palace, do I? That's Terrence. I say, come on, you palace. Anyway, email me about that as well. Um, Cheers, thanks everyone, bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.